Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 98 of Sodom and I. So today, I do have my, my Bible. Look, she's so pretty. My KJV Bible. I love reading KJV. I, I truly do feel like it's poetry. Um, so today, we're going to be talking about the name. And now this is this is more like a reintroduction. Let me reintroduce myself, right? Let me reintroduce this podcast and the purpose of it and the reason for it, you know. So we are going to go to Genesis chapter 19. We're going to go to Sodom and I, right? So the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. This particular story has always kind of like stood out to me, mainly because of the disobedience of Lot's wife, that it it had an immediate direct consequence of her actions. That's like when I first heard this story, I was like, she turned into a pillar of salt. Like as a kid, I was like, that's insane. So how many of us are given specific directions, including myself, because I never I don't I don't talk about a group of people that I'm outside of when I'm here, like I'm definitely included. How many of us are given specific directions, but still choose to do our way versus the people who gave us the directions? Right. That's that's a good lesson to come out of this. I have a couple. But I'm going to mainly be focusing on one. But we're going to run through a few lessons. And I'm going to read out of my KJV when I'm reading uh, in Genesis. But I have some other notes that are in like AMPC and NKJV. And I think also one in NLT. But so one lesson to take from this is mind your own business. And I'm going to read (laughs) verses 4 through 11. But before they lay down, chapter 19, verse 4, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into the, which came unto thee this night? (laughs) Bring them out unto us that we may know them. I might read this in another translation also. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not do so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known a man. I pray you bring them out to unto you and do ye to them as it is you please. Good in your eyes. Do whatever you want to them. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore come they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came up into sojourn, and he will need to be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door 
And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they worried themselves to find the door. They should have minded their own business, then they wouldn't have been blind and destroyed by the end of this chapter. But I couldn't imagine hearing all this stuff happening and then also being blind that I brought onto myself. That's crazy. Uh, second thing that came from this story, follow directions when given. And I, I, I put times four here because there's <laughs> there's a couple of times where you see examples of people following directions when given slash suggestions and uh, people not following directions and facing the consequences. So first one, verse three. Verse three, or well, I'll do two because essentially Lot was asking the two angels. He was like, don't stay in there. Go ahead and come to my place. That way you guys can be safe. And they said no, but then Lot insisted. So they came right. Verse eight through 11. We just read, you know, uh, if they just left or simply just took Lot's daughters and did whatever. Uh, they would not have been blind, possibly. We don't know what the angels would have did. But they, uh, based off of this story, they wouldn't have been blinded, right? And then, do, 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 verse uh, 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. They thought he was joking. Lot was not playing games. Lot was not joking around when he said, bro, you got to leave or this this place is about to be destroyed. They thought he was playing around. They're like, ah, dad, that place ended up getting destroyed. And I know they're probably like, dang, we should have listened. And then verse 26, but his wife looked back from him and she became a pillar of salt. The angels literally said, go forward and don't turn around. They said, you need to leave. Do not turn back. And she turned back and she turned into a pillar of salt. And that was the main thing that I really remembered from this story, like growing up, like she didn't listen so she got got she got got right and then the third point don't be slothful verses 15 through 16 and when the morning arose then the angels hastened lot saying arise take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city and while he lingered the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. Now, if Lot was taking his time and he wasn't uh, Abraham's cousin, he, he could have got overthrown with the rest of the city because he was being too slow. Give it. I know it was early morning. But uh, the city's about to be destroyed. We got to move with some quickness, right? But, you know, God 
being merciful, the angels took him out of the city. So, and then lastly, uh, seek counsel before doing what you think is right. And now verses 31 through 36. Essentially, you know what? I'm going to read it just in case, you know, somebody in here may not have been reading Genesis. Yeah, let's read this little flabbergasting 31 through 36. So I'll read 30 and Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him for he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dwelt in a cave. He and his two daughters, because we know his wife turned into a pillar of salt because she the only one who didn't listen. 31. And the firstborn said unto the younger, our father is old and there is not a man in the earth to come unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that he, that we may preserve the seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father, let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve the seed of our father." And they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And I'm going to go ahead and read 37 and 38 too, that way you can have some context. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name Benamin. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. So as a result of Lot's daughter's decisions, also, I found it interesting to point out, we don't know the name of Lot's wife or either of his two daughters, just the name of their sons that they did and and lot so the moabites and the ammonites both caused trouble for the israelites later on in the bible by practicing pagan traditions and tempting the israelites to commit idolatry and both of them hired balaam to curse israel as it journeyed toward the promised land uh, and were forbidden to enter the Lord's assembly. Right. And that's Deuteronomy. I'm going to read Deuteronomy. Chapter 23. Verses 3 through 4. Deuteronomy 23. 3 through 4. An Anamite. Anamite. An Ammonite. Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their 10th generation shall they not enter unto the congregation of the Lord forever. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when ye came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against the Balaam, 
son of Beor, of Pethor, of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. Right? So they, uh, their actions, uh, you know, they were trying to do something good and they thought it was right. And, you know, it happened. But that caused trouble for the Israelites later down the line. Both, both of them. Right. They were cousins. They were they was brothers, essentially speaking. And well, you know, the, the sons were brothers, but the, the, the people, you know, they were related. They literally plotted against Israel, which is insane. But even through all that, the lesson I'd like to focus on today is the refining fire of God. Right. So. The first verse that I would like, or well, the first couple of verses I put down on here is going to be Psalm 66, verses 10 through 12. I'm going to read this in AMPC. For you, O God, have proved us. You have tried us as silver is tried, refined and purified. You brought us into the net, the prison fortress, the dungeon. You laid a heavy burden upon our chains. You caused men to ride over our heads when we were prostrate. We went through the fire and through water. You brought us out into a, into a broad, moist place to abundance and refreshment in the open air. So going back to you have tried us as silver is tried. Have you guys seen what silver looks like, like what silver and gold looks like before it's refined? It looks like a rock. And, you know, before God refines us through fiery trials, sometimes things can get a little rocky. Things can be a little rocky in our lives, you know, before we go through the fiery trials. But God wants us to count it all joy when we go through that, right? Now, next, Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10 in NKJV. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. And now, when I first read this verse, I was like, hmm, not as silver? But let's think of a wedding band, right? A, lot, a majority of those are made out of silver, you don't just put that in the fire and then take it out and it comes and looks like a ring, right? It has to go through some sanding. It has to go through some molding, you know, there's a couple more steps. But God says, I have refined you, but not as silver, not exactly like silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Now we go through fiery trials. We come out better. Right. We don't I mean, like, you know, that includes all the molding and the shaping and the but it's not it's not exactly the same. Or at least in this verse, you know, God's going to say what he wants to say. Zechariah chapter 13, verse nine NKJV. I will bring the one third through the fire will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. 
Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 through 3, NKJV. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, NKJV. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because we glory in tribulation. Right, I found that very uh, interesting. I just left a meeting at my church and this is what pastor was talking about because we glory in tribulation. Right? There are many there are many more verses in the Bible that use the refining fire as an example of what we will go through as believers. What we do go through, will go through and have gone through as believers. Now, it might not feel good in the moment, but the Bible also says to count it all, to count it all joy and to let patience have her perfect work. And that's James chapter one, verses two through four. And that all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that is Romans chapter eight, verse 28. And even still, even still, because we're still on Sodom and Gomorrah. Even still, after all the destruction that was brought on the city and the people of Sodom, God said he will one day restore them. And now we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 16. And this is an NLT. Verse 49. Sodom's sins were pride, gluttony, and laziness, while the poor and needy suffered outside her door. She was proud and committed detestable sins, so I wiped her out, as you have seen. Even Samaria did not commit half your sins. You have done far more detestable things than your sisters ever did. They seem righteous compared to you. Shame on you. Your sins are so terrible that you make your sisters seem righteous, even virtuous. But someday I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and Samaria, and I will restore you too. And now God was speaking to Jerusalem in reference to the adultery committed against him in Ezekiel chapter 16. And now I say adultery, which includes idolatry, because in Ezekiel chapter 16, it's a uh, God, God had... Um, you know, the author of the book to write a very descriptive version of Jerusalem as if, you know, Jerusalem was a young woman developing breasts and everything. God's like, I clothed you in the finest linen. I gave you the best food, you know, and all of this stuff. And then it talks about um, uh, Jerusalem's harlotry. So like God, God uses symbolism in a lot of things just for, for us to understand things in a better way. So he's like, you're literally committing 
adultery against me with these false gods who don't even breathe. They don't even have breath in them. You're making them with your own hands. You're making them with your own hands. And you're you're committing adultery against me. And I've done all this. All this? Mm-hmm. And then even after all that, God ends the chapter, verse 60. There's a couple more verse after 60 with this. But Ezekiel 16, 60, NKJV. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth. And I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. And now I surely do encourage us. If you're watching this, go ahead and read Ezekiel chapter 16. Because it really, it, it it's a very beautiful description of God's love for, for Jerusalem, for us, right? And then all of this to bring back the topic to Jesus and how God used the Holy One to save us all and to bring us to live with him forever, right? Jesus is coming back for his bride, which is the church. And then sticking back, you know, to Ezekiel 16, to be faithful to someone since God was using, you know, that symbolism. There are certain things that need to be cut out. Jesus never said it was going to be easy, but he did say in multiple different ways, multiple different ways in in like, you know, the Gospels and everything that following him will be worth it. Not maybe, not might be, but it will be worth it, right? So I I appreciate you guys tuning in. And then I also wanted to say my previous schedule was posting on Wednesdays and Saturdays. But now that I'm trying to, now that I am also posting on YouTube, I would like to just keep it at Wednesdays. That way I can spend the week you know, studying properly and preparing properly for, um, you know, just being on video and everything. So with that being said, I love you guys. I pray that you guys stay blessed and that you stay a blessing to others. Um, evangelize. Go ahead and spread the good news. Help other people learn about Jesus. I know at this point in time, it seems like, oh, everybody knows about Christ. Not everybody knows about Christ. They might have heard of him. But not everybody knows about him. Go and reach out to somebody and, and talk to them about Jesus. You know, I love you, but God loves you so much more than I do. I hope you guys have a wonderful night and God bless you.